Hello and welcome back. It's been a long two-week hiatus. Thank you to all our loyal listeners that reached out, asked us if we were okay, if we were alive. Scary times. We're all good. We're here. We're back. We're ready for another podcast. It's been a while. We decided to change it up a little bit, so you'll have to stay tuned. We're not just talking about one team today, and it's a Monday instead of a Sunday, so a lot of changes over here at the ERMBA show, but we'll still be pumping out some good content for you guys. As always, I'm here with Ezra. What's up, Ezra? How you doing? Uh, I'm, after our break, I feel like we uh, we have a lot to talk about, especially with the NBA moratorium and trades and the, the offseason starting soon. We have a lot to work out, and I think we have a special episode here today. Yeah, and since since the last time we spoke, I guess not last time we spoke, the last time we recorded or spoke on air per se, the Nets made a ton of moves, some new coaches, a lot of fun stuff for you. I see you smiling over here. So <laughs> so that'll be fun. But today we're actually going to go through and just do a mock draft. So we're going to switch off picks. By no means are we draft experts, but we do love basketball. We do have some ideas. This is going to be more, I think, what we would do without any trades. No, we don't have our ear to the ground, not as many sources. So what we're saying by no means is 100% going to happen. Just fun discussion. Love to talk about some prospects. And the draft's coming up in 16 days now, a little over two weeks. So that'll be exciting. We're only going to be doing the lottery today. It just gets too crazy after that. So we unfortunately will not be selecting for the Mavs or the Nets today. Who knows? Maybe they'll trade up, but that's not going to be happening in our fictitious draft. So I'll stop talking. We'll get right into it. Ezra will do the first pick. We'll go all the way to 15. So Ezra's on the clock at number one for the Timberwolves. I guess, do you want to run through the what the order of teams are? Yeah, so T-Wolves, Golden State's two, Charlotte three, Chicago four, Cleveland at five, Atlanta six, Detroit seven, Knicks eight, uh, Wizards at nine, Suns ten, Spurs 11, Kings 12, Pelicans 13, and Boston at 14. So, Perfect. So go for it. Number one pick on definitely. the clock. So I think if I were the Timberwolves, I would take Anthony Edwards with the first pick. Shooting guard out of Georgia. Um, really athletic scorer. Uh, he's kind of small as a shooting guard, 6'3". He's built uh, 225 pounds. Um, recently came out. Wiseman's really not interested uh, in them. And I don't think he'd be a good fit with Carl Towns. Uh, and in general, I don't think LaMelo Ball, as that other option with the first pick, I don't think he'd be a good fit there. So Anthony Edwards, right off the bat, taking him with the first pick. I agree. I think, although I'm not the highest on him, I think his mix of potential and fit, there's no real question for the Timberwolves. They have to go there. I think what would actually be the smartest thing for them to do is make it clearly known to everyone in the league we love Wiseman we love Wiseman we love Wiseman we're going to take Wiseman we want Wiseman so bad so that a team like Charlotte or someone who really likes Wiseman is starts to panic and then trades up and then they get even more value and could still potentially get Anthony Edwards Mm -hmm. so kind of in a way what the Celtics did with Tatum I'm not saying that Anthony Edwards is as good as Tatum but the Timberwolves would just accumulate more assets and they're a mess and if that was possible, I think that would be a really cool idea for them. But I agree in the world that we're in, no trades, 
Anthony Edwards all the way. I'm worried about him being a bust. I think high end. Andrew Wiggins part two. I think high end. Best case scenario, he's like a Victor Oladipo type. And mm-hmm. worst case scenario, he's like Dion Waiters. Yeah, I agree. He is so, that middle ground. He didn't really shoot it well from three. 29% in college, but he's just really athletic yeah. and explosive. And I think he'll be better with D'Lo also because at Georgia he was doing everything and it made yeah. his decision-making and efficiency go down. But anyways, definitely agree. no need to argue anymore there. I think number two, Warriors, best case for the prospect, best case for the not necessarily best case for the team, but best case for the prospect for sure. I think they should go with Wiseman. I think Wiseman's floor is really high, and I think he's really inexperienced, and the knock on him is we don't really know what he is. We haven't seen him play since high school, and obviously in high school and in games at Memphis, he's going to look like a premier athlete because he played against who knows who he was playing against. But I think that all he needs to do on the Warriors is be JaVale McGee, run the floor, be JaVale McGee, come into his own with amazing players like Steph Curry, Clay. There's going to be so much room to run. He can really flourish and blossom there. And that's a need for the Warriors as well. I think that he would have time. There'd be much less expectations. I think the Wiseman to the Warriors would be really great. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I I don't think they could go wrong with taking him there. Um, I think they're also in not win now per se, but they want to make the most out of Steph and Clay's prime. So I actually had them taking Denny Abdija kind of early in the process. First of all, I think they're going to trade this pick, um, either trade back or just trade it in general for other pieces towards winning a championship. But I did have them taking Abdija with the second pick for similar reasons. I think he's Abdija is like a playmaker that um, can work the ball well. Although he can't really shoot it, he's really as guard skills with that in that power forward body. But Wiseman also does fill that role. And he did in his three games that he played in college, he had averaged 19.7, 10.7 boards, shot 76% from the field. So performed while he's out there. But that question mark, like you said, is that he do, we yeah. haven't seen him play. I just think Wiseman can perform in a role that they need. And they don't need a playmaker. They don't need people taking the ball out of – I mean, FDO would be good. No, but I just think if Wiseman's there, they're not. If they're not gonna get a trade, they probably will though. So we'll see. So if you loved Avdia that much, are you going with him at three to Charlotte? I'm not because I mostly just chose Avdia with the second pick because of fit with Golden State. But for Charlotte, number three, I think uh, Lamelo Ball will be their their pick there. He's a uh, number one overall talent, but question marks with uh, personality. Uh, maturity, level of focus. He's really flashy, great passer, both hands. He's 6'7", 190 as a point guard. So talented and gifted physically, uh, as especially if he puts on weight. But that question mark really is uh, with his shooting. I think they need some spark there in Charlotte. Uh, they they have Devontae Graham, but I think they could be – LaMelo Ball could really thrive there. Interesting. I think that the best thing about LaMelo Ball is – he has one thing that you can hang, hang. He can hang his hat on, and that's his passing and his playmaking ability. Like usually in the draft, if you just have people that are like decent at everything, they don't do well in the NBA because you not everything will translate over to being decent. Hopefully, the passing will be there. I had him going a little later. I don't really. It's such a question mark. I don't know where he's going to go. But the three four range is weird because it just depends. I think what we just did would be the worst case scenario for the Bulls. The Bulls have been very outward 
and in the media saying they really want a playmaker and a ball dominant guard, which is basically saying that they want LaMelo Ball, in my mm. opinion, even though they just took Kobe White, which is weird. But I think in this scenario now, so we've have Wiseman, Edwards, and LaMelo Ball gone. So I'm not really going to reach on someone else that I thought maybe they would take. So there's a world in which they maybe take Killian Hayes, but I think that's probably a little too high here. So I'm just going to give him, give them Denny. Mm-hmm. Avdia, I think there's no way he falls below the fifth pick. I think there's a world where they're getting rid of Zach Levine anyways, and I think he can be super versatile. I think he can be a playmaker for them, which is something that they're looking for. I think out of the post, the high post, the wing, he has some ability to be a versatile defender as well. I kind of see him more like Gallinari in a way. I know that it's annoying to compare one non-American to another <laughs> non-American, but it just works. I think he's more of a playmaker than Saric and more of a ball handler than Saric. And I've seen that comparison out there, mm-hmm. but that's why I feel like Gallo in his earlier days, he was more athletic. Now he can't, it looks like he can't move, but yeah, we need to just like reset ourselves to like 10 years ago. His, the only thing is his shooting is really inconsistent and the free throw shooting is really low. So who knows? But I think that would be interesting. It'd be a big market too. I still think it'd be perfect for LaMelo, but who knows? Denny with that pick, um, on to you. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good spot for him. I think Chicago would take him if he was available there um, and would be a good fit there. They have a lot of young guys like we talked about in our podcast on the Bulls, but uh, he could be a good piece to that offense. Oh, there. one thing about LaMelo I forgot. I Since he already went, we're probably not going to bring him up again. I saw a comp for him that I really, really like, even though he's probably, hopefully, for whoever drafts him, going to be better than this. But I saw Jason Williams as a comp for him, and I just think that's so funny and potentially just great because all you hear about is flashy passing, flashy passing. So yeah. anyways, go ahead. Cavs. I like that. Yeah, Cavs. Um, I actually had Obi Toppin being taken by the Cavs with this fifth pick. And I don't know if it's their, the best player that they could take. I don't know how good Obi Toppin's going to be. We were talking about an Amari comparison uh, on the highest level if you were per, to perform uh, to the best visibilities in the NBA. He's 22 years old, 6'9", 220, as like a power forward, kind of played center in college. Uh, he can extend it to the three. The Cavs are in a kind of weird situation. They have two guards that they're really relying on. Kevin Love's still there. Uh, so I think Love can mentor him. He can, if he's really electric like he was in college, he can provide a spark to that offense as well. Um, good in the pick and roll, can extend it to the three a little bit, but he definitely, there's a question mark with how much he could develop because he's already 22 and that could be a problem in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm a little lower on him. I still think he's going to go top 11. I just think it's more of like a, a 7 to 11 type deal, not not any knock on him. I just have question marks about his defense and he, how much his athleticism is really going to be. I know it's going to be good. I just don't know if it's going to carry him as much. Um, I think if the shooting really forms out and he has, I just don't know what the ball handlers there. It'd be very interesting. And they have a lot of bigs. It could work. I think he'll be a good NBA player. I just, I'm not as high on him. So we're going to six now with the Hawks. Mm-hmm. 
I think this pick's probably going to be traded also, but I'm not going to make up a trade that I don't know what it is, but I think they're probably going to trade this pick because they they want to make the playoffs this year. They mm-hmm. can't take another year of Trey Young not in the playoffs and just yeah. all the hate. So if they have it here, I think they probably go one of two ways. I'm going to go with mm, – I'm deciding between two because I have now – now my whole board's a little messed up. But um, I'm going to go with Okoro. I was deciding between Okoro and Vassell, but I'm going to go with Okoro. They just traded for Clint Capella, so that they have that defender. They need more defenders because of the Trey Young is the statistically one of the worst defenders in the league. They have a lot of bodies. Like hopefully Cam Reddish keeps performing as a shooter kevin herter could be a good shooter but they're starting to round out the defense and okoro might be one of the the best wing defender in the draft he has the body he has the athleticism i think in a way he could become super valuable like a tony allen type player maybe a little that's if he just doesn't develop any offense i still think he could be valuable defensively i saw a comparison to justice winslow which i thought was all right he did handle the ball a little bit at auburn but I'm going to go with Okoro, defense, need, and good player. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I didn't really think about them going to make the playoffs or reaching for the playoffs this year, but in a similar sense, I had them taking uh, Big O, they call him, on Yeka Ogonku from USC, played with Lamelo in high school. Um, I think if they wanted to get rid of Capello and make Tega or – they just traded for him though. Like, yeah, I know, literally. but I don't I don't think they he's really a fit there. I think they kind of just wanted to take that on. I don't know if they really need him or want him. Um, and if that were the case, I would say take him. But in that from your perspective, I could see why they'd take a core at six. Yeah, I, I just mean, don't know if he's I wasn't that high on him because of his offense. In in um what was I gonna say? They have John Collins and Capella mm-hmm. and I can't imagine that they don't like him if they just traded for him like yeah, a few months fair. ago. Yeah, that's definitely So fair. I just think that they're not really looking for big men right now. But who knows? Maybe they really if they really like him. Yeah. All right, up to you at seven. Sevens, Pistons, Detroit. We talked about the fact that they had the worst uh, roster in the NBA yesterday off air. Uh, I think they're going to go with a guard here. I was debating when making my big board whether it was going to be Halberton or Killian Hayes. Uh, I think they would take Halliburton. When I watched him for the first time, I was really impressed with him when he played Michigan in the Battle for Atlantis, I think it was. Uh, even though his shot's kind of weird, he has like a low release. He's a really good playmaker, really good IQ. He's tough on um, defensive end, really long. I think six seven and a half wingspan. He's only six five. Um, shot forty three percent from three and seventy eight percent from the line in college. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to be like a primary primary ball handler uh in the league but i think as a combo guard he could be an interesting fit in detroit uh especially because of he could be a good scorer in the league so i am gonna go with the next one i'll just go to the next one because i had them flipped exactly so i was gonna take halliburton to the knicks and hayes to the pistons Mm -hmm. and i guess i'll just since you took halliburton to the pistons i'll take hayes to the knicks but i think that the problem with Halliburton is he can't really create a jump shot for himself. Yeah. He's either going all the way to the rim and he's a good finisher or he's catch and shoot three. And I think Hayes' scoring ability is probably 
more developed in terms of the levels at which he can score. And since the Pistons have absolutely nobody, they need someone who can fill it up. And then they'll have Luke Kennard shooting off off of him. And so I'd rather have Hayes for the Pistons, but whatever. We're going to Halliburton now. I mean, now it's Hayes to the Knicks, and I think the Knicks would be happy with Hayes. He, some people have him as one of the best players in the draft, potentially. He is from Europe, but his family is American. And so he's not really coming. A lot of times players come here, especially to New York, and they get just swallowed by American, American culture, American media, and things go bad, a la Kristaps Porzingis, Frank Nilekina. <laughs> but I think that Hayes has been playing in Miami every summer with NBA players. He knows America. That won't be as big of a problem. There's been compare. He's a lefty. A lot of teams would be high on him in terms of they compare him to every lefty that's ever been in the NBA because that's <laughs> what we do. But his scoring ability and playmaking ability would be interesting with the 5 million forwards that the Knicks have right now in their roster. Yeah, definitely. I had the Knicks taking him in my mock um, so I'm glad you had them there also, or had him there also. I, I had think, him one spot higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that he, I mean, I know he struggled a little bit with ball ball pressure in Europe, played in uh, the top one of the top leagues in Europe. I think he turned the ball over on 25% of possessions when he was getting pressured or in the double team, which is really not good. Uh, but obviously in Europe, they play tougher defense, more team defense. Uh, so it might not be as big of an issue here. He was also really left-hand dominant. Um, and he reminds me of D'Lo, even though they're both lefties, like you just talked about. We compare lefties no matter what player they are. I think D'Lo and him have comparable uh, skill sets. Um, Killian Hayes has been developing a jumper, pull-ups off of pick and rolls and just pull-up threes. Uh, so I think he could be really special some point in the league. Hopefully he can thrive in New York because yeah. we, we know that's been a problem recently. I think this. that the reason why I had him a spot higher than Halliburton is I think his potential is a little higher. I think they both have really decently high floors, though Halliburton's floor might be higher. I think like if you're just going for boom, which the Pistons probably need a big boom, they would – but anyways, continue. Go on Definitely. to nine. <laughs> um, so Washington Wizards at nine. I was going to take a Coro, but you took him at six. Uh, I think he could be – I think he would have been a good fit there because they don't really need scoring. Uh, if they have a really elite uh, wing defender who's big 6'6", six, six, that he could really help them in, in the playoffs moving forward, especially with Beal and Wall coming back. Um, but at nine, with who's left, I'm going to take Devin Vassell. Uh, you're, not, you're still going to pass up on your boy you had at five, Big O? Big O, yeah. He's still I think, available. Actually, because they have Thomas Bryant, I think he's solid. They want to use him. We talked about him also. He's decent stretch big that I think could contribute. But Vassell, I think, couldn't add a different dynamic on the wing there. Uh, they don't really have a guy that can uh, produce scoring-wise. I think uh, he could be a decent defender also. he's uh, I think he had two steals per 40 minutes and one-and-a-half blocks as well, so pretty disruptive on the defensive end. We did see that video of him shooting uh, the, like last week. Someone really messed with his mechanics, but I think he could be a good fit in Washington, especially for a team that wants to make the playoffs. All right, that's fair. I think somehow, somewhere we messed up because I don't think Onyeko Kongu falls this far, but who knows. Anyways, so now we're at 10, and I'm still not going to take him, even though I just said that. And I'm going to take Patrick Williams. I think Florida State, shooter, defender, a little bit of a... I saw a comparison that I loved for him, kind of like a P.J. Tucker type, and I think... 
that he would fit perfectly with Aiton and Booker, sort of just stretch the floor, but also play D, hard-nosed, tough, going to get rebounds, really, really good rebounding. He doesn't have a great offensive game, but his free throw shooting is good, and that means that your shot's usually going to translate over to the NBA. That's usually the tell. Has a really long wingspan, I think, at for Phoenix now that with everything that I think they would have liked to have someone, maybe they'll trade up a little bit, try to get the sell or someone else. But I think at where we're at right now, Patrick Williams would be a good fit on the Suns. Yeah, I agree. I had him going next to San Antonio, um, but I definitely think he could be a good fit there. Also, like you said, PJ Tucker, like a bigger PJ Tucker, uh, definitely a good comparison there. Um, moving to 11 San Antonio, I'll take big O on Yeka Ogonku. Um, I think in San Antonio, he'd be a great fit. They could develop him, and he'd really turn into a special player there, especially uh, with his nature. I think he's he is a little small. He's 6'9 as a center, 245, uh, but he's pretty polished around the rim, has a jump hook over both shoulders, can take uh, make him, take and make mid-range shots pretty well. Um, kind of reminds me with a, Mitch, a smaller Mitch Robinson with a little jumper. Uh, pretty athletic. So I think the Spurs would be able to use him oh, of well. Of course the Spurs would get him. And then they have Derek White and DeJounte Murray, who looked pretty good. I've seen a lot, a lot of stuff of them trading DeRozan. A yeah. lot of stuff of them trading DeRozan. The Nets are interested. He was one of the best isolation scorers in the NBA this year. And it's even though the insane. analytics people hate him, I think he's still got a place. I've seen a lot, a lot of different trades. So that would be really interesting. I've seen some where it's him to the Hawks at mm-hmm. six and then the Spurs take someone up there. But I like that. I think that would work out really well. And now we're on to the Kings. Yes. Right. Okay. So with the Kings, I think that I'm going to go with Kira Lewis. Nice. I, th- I like that pick. I think that the Kings organization is done taking players just off of fit because they keep doing that and they keep messing up big time. I think they've shown with Bagley and with other people. And I think Kira Lewis is really, really good. And he's been rising up a little bit, underrated a little, really quick. He's a little undersized, but I think him, we've seen in the NBA, like a bunch of guard lineups kind of works and they just need some more flair. And I think he's just Probably the one of the better overall players left. I don't know that they really have a direction and they have so many random people that I'm just in on Kira Lewis. And I think if he were to keep falling, I would want the Mavs to take him. I'm just in on him. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I was debating putting him in my top 12, 13. I just didn't really fit him in uh, in terms of the fits I had with these teams, but can definitely see Kira Lewis going there. Uh, I had Aaron Neesmith from Vandy. I actually didn't know how good of a shooter he was. He would provide some wing scoring there. Um, he act, he made 50% from three. Uh, he made four threes a game on 50% shooting uh, and 82% from the line. Would provide some scoring there. But Keir Lewis, like you said, I'm really high on him. Moving to 13, New Orleans. I think Tyrese Maxey would be an interesting pick there. He's com- kind of combo guard from Kentucky. We've seen Kentucky guards thrive in the league coming out of college after not being primary ball handlers. Uh, he's really tough on offense, gets to the rim, finishes through contact. Uh, and he's just confident. He has 6'8 wingspan. He's a physical player, especially if they get rid of Drew Holiday. They could be looking for a tough guard 
uh, to replace him in the offense. Uh, like I said, he played off ball in college, but I could see him being on ball playing well in that role, in New Orleans. Yeah, so I like Tyrese Maxey a lot. I think he's a winner and you want to take winners. Like he just has that it thing, like he wants to win. He's got the work ethic. We've seen videos of him with LeBron and whatever. I don't think they're going to go that direction because from the bubble, even with Drew Holiday and everything, we saw that they were probably the worst, one of the worst defensive teams out there. And between Brandon Ingram and Zion, those are guys that they want to have the ball. I see Maxi more as like a, a scoring guard, not a distributing guard. Um, and I would, I've seen a few different things. I guess I would like Neesmith there, but I had him a little lower. I would like Sadiq Bay, but maybe that's a little high just because they have so many guys that are just so, so potential oriented. And I think if they just had one guy where we're like, you know what, this could just be like a sure thing. Like he'll be good enough to be in the rotation. And he's a little bit on the older side and they're so young. So they're kind of like drafting a veteran in the draft, mm -hmm. which is a weird thing to think about. Yeah, definitely. But even maybe Jalen Smith, but I don't know, is also a little too high. So, uh, well, anyways, it was your pick. You took Tyrese. That's good. I just want to shout out Emmanuel quickly. I think he's one of the biggest sleepers in the draft. Definitely. Um, and you can check out my article about him on Smoking Cuban. But it's my turn now. So we're going to the Celtics at 14. I don't understand. I've been reading a lot of stuff. And the people who I like that I read keep talking about how it doesn't make sense that Cole Anthony has fa keeps falling and falling and falling and they think it's a lot of smoke and I kind of agree so I'm gonna go with Cole Anthony at 14 for the Celtics I think the playoffs showed that when any of their big scores or anyone was in foul trouble or not on their bench was absolutely awful and they had nobody who could score off the bench and say what you want about Cole Anthony he's a little undersized he was really inefficient, but this was maybe the worst North Carolina team of my entire life. And I think that Cole Anthony could, he's undersized. Kemba's undersized. Kemba could be a really good person to learn from. Someone who could score off the bench, really provide that spark, just something that they could use. And so I'm going to go with Cole Anthony to the Celtics to, to round out the lottery. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good pick. I mean, I was rooting, I've seen Cole Anthony falling through the nets at 19, then being able to take him. And I've would be so happy if that were the case. Uh, I think he could be a really good scorer off the bench. Um, maybe a better Austin Rivers as a comparison. Um, but I definitely like that pick. They do need help off the bench. I have them taking a big that they could work on, work with. They have some struggle. Uh, they struggled with big men. They have Grant Williams, but he's not really how they're going to move forward, I don't think. Um, and they need help off the bench, like you mentioned. So I had Precious Achua from Memphis, just a big guy, 6'9" power forward type player that could stretch for a little bit um, and they could work with him moving forward. But I do like your Cole Anthony pick. I'm really low on Precious. I'm, I don't know why. I just, he's like one of those guys that all he really is is an athlete to me. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't really, like he can't do anything on offense. I'm worried about in the NBA, his offense is going to be really poor. I'm worried about it, but I think that's really interesting. I've seen a lot of People all of a sudden, Tyrell Terry is shooting up boards, just yep. guys to mention. Um, I think everyone kind of on my board was taken. Oh, no, not. But basically, we had some similar guys, a few different orders. With the last few minutes here, anyone that you're looking for the Nets to take? Uh, you mentioned Sadiq Bey a little early at 13 or so. If he drops all the way to 19, I could definitely see them taking him. Um, 
Who's the kid from TCU? Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. I think he's going to go before the Nets, but also him. He's really special, and they do need a 3-and-D guy. I also think the Nets are probably going to trade their pick in some form. I think the Nets are going to make some pretty big moves when the moratorium moratorium comes to an end. Uh, so that's where I'm at with the Nets right now. Yeah, I'd say for the Mavs, I'm looking at 18 and 31. Who knows what's going to happen after we get to about – 14 and from 14 to 30 I wouldn't be surprised if the player that goes at 16 I thought was going to go at 30 and a player I thought was going to go at 28 goes at 16 yeah so the Mavs have 18 and 31 so I'm looking at Josh Green Desmond Bain Sadiq Bay um even Kira Lewis probably not going to happen Neesmith all those guys definitely so, I don't know anything else to closing words for the mock draft no nah, I'm excited that uh, moving forward, we're going to be able to talk about some how teams can improve their rosters uh, in a draft setting. We could talk about uh, biggest sleepers in the draft moving forward, maybe guys that we're, we think are going to be the biggest busts. Uh, so I think we can go a couple different places uh, moving forward, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it was a fun one. Hopefully we get the guys we want on draft night. Definitely. All right. Talk to you guys soon.